If you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to end our series this week on, I've been in the series on, uh, the Anchor series is what I've just kind of titled it. And uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Thank you, Larry, so much. Thank you so much for sticking with me over there. And our worship team, can we give all of our worship team a hand? They do an awesome job. Appreciate them. Micah, she works She works diligently hard, and uh, she organizes and does a great thing. And a lot of everybody shows up early here on Sunday morning, and they, they go through everything, and they, they put a lot of work in. So I'm grateful for them. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says this, and this has been our theme uh, verse. And I'm just going to read the, the first portion of this verse is this. We have this as a sure and a steadfast anchor of the soul. And now that verse right there is talking about Jesus Christ and Him alone. And so, just to kind of give you a recap of, of what we've talked about over the last uh, of, uh, four to five weeks, I think it was, it's, this is the fourth installment, but uh, one week we had Father's Day in there. And so, uh, this, this is making it a, a little bit longer. But um, an anchor is a wonderful invention, right? It's an, uh, you've heard me say that. The basic concept of an anchor is is a device normally made of metal used to secure a vessel to the bed of a body of water to prevent the craft from drifting due to wind or current. Can I tell you something? In today's world, being, being connected to the anchor of Jesus Christ will keep you from being uh, moved by every wave of doctrine and every current of, of society. Amen? And, and so uh, it'll, it'll prevent that from happening. And, and here's the thing. An anchor is this. It is simple in design, but what? Powerful in its function. It's not a whole lot, to an, a whole lot of engineering to an anchor, but let me tell you something. It is powerful in its function when you need an anchor. Anybody ever went kayaking? You ever went tried to fish and kayak? I went uh, out on Lake Monroe uh, last year, and and I realized real fast that the wind affects a kayak. And I didn't have an anchor, and 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 when I was trying to fish in a certain spot, and I kept twisting around. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And and, and I haven't invested. I have, still have my kayak. I haven't invested in an anchor, but it's, I think it's time that I invest in an anchor when I go out to the lake. And so it's important. As believers, we are encouraged to remain steadfast and committed to our faith through every trial and storm. We talked about that last week. We talked about uh, when Jesus talked about the man who built his house on the rock and and the one who built the house on the sand. And when the storm and the wind came, uh, the house that was built on the rock stood the storm. It withstood the storm. And, And in this life, we know this. It's not a matter if storms happen, it's when they will happen in this life. I don't care who you are, you're going to face something at some point in your life. And unexpectedly, storms come out of nowhere without warning sometimes. Maybe it's a loss of a job. Maybe it's a diagnosis in your health. Maybe it's a, a spouse that abandoned you. Maybe it's your kids, and they, they're giving you trouble, you know. And, and, and that happens from time. But storms we want to be prepared for. And here's how we get prepared for the storms of life. We keep, keep a firm grip on the anchor that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and so we're going to talk about maintaining that grip on the anchor of Jesus Christ today as we finish this up. And the Bible talks about words like this. And these are words that, that we don't like as Christians. Are you ready for this? Perseverance. 
Yeah, I didn't hear any amens on that one. Steadfastness. Right? And when, when the Bible's talking about faith, it says things like perseverance. You've you got to have perseverance. You've got to have patience. You've got to be steadfast in your faith. And, and there's another word that I, I want to talk about. This is what I've entitled this, this thought today is this, is remain. Everyone say remain. Remain. Uh, to remain is to stay. Uh, it's to, you know, to stay. And um, I have a dog at home. And when he comes in the house, one of the things that, that I like to do as his master is to look at my dog when he comes in the back. And there, we have a little towel there. And I always tell him when he comes in, sit right there. And usually he's anxious because he loves my wife more than he loves me. And he, usually he's anxious to get to my wife. But I will literally stop him dead in his tracks. And I'll be like, you need to get back by that door. And then he'll sit down there and he'll just perk his little ears up and look at me. And he'll sit there and I'll say, you stay right there until I tell you to move. He'll look at me like, when are you going to tell me? And as soon as I say, come on, he'll, he'll get up and he'll go. And he'll remain there. Uh, to remain is to stay and, and, and in our fast-paced life and ever-changing culture, right? How many can attest to that? Our culture is shifting so fast. It becomes more and more of a rarity in people's lives to remain somewhere, to be steadfast, to hold on, to hunker down for the long haul, whether it be in relationships. Come on now. Whether it be in jobs or even even zip codes, we, we are a culture that is constantly what? On the move. What's next? And sometimes it's not fun to remain, but... But, but, you know, there's something that the Bible says about remaining. From, we go from one thing to another, and, and we become enamored with new, shiny things. We get tired and bored with the old ones, right? Sometimes I, I use that as an excuse to get a new fishing pole. My wife says, why do you need a new fishing pole? Well, this one's not as shiny as this new one, right? Or this tool is not as, as shiny as this new one. Whatever the case may be, uh, that is not how faith works and and faith is about perseverance in fact god calls us to remain to hold fast and to root ourselves in faith and the righteousness of jesus christ amen so uh, i want to say this uh one of the premises of of this uh series is that uh the only firm and secure anchor is jesus christ that's it you heard me say that, and you heard me say that over and over and over. Say, why do you keep repeating yourself? Well, so you'll get it, right? So you'll get it. Why, why do you keep saying that? So you'll get it. So you'll get it in your heart. You know, faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing the word of God. And, and, and if, I, if I know that, if I know that the only thing in this world that is secure is Jesus Christ, guess what? I won't grab at other things. I won't, I won't try to chase uh, the riches of this world. I won't try to chase careers of this world. But I'll secure my hope in the anchor that is Jesus Christ. I love that. And, 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 and you know, here's the thing. There may be other anchors that we think. But, but here's what happens. But eventually... Those things give way and they fail. Right? Uh, you, you may say, hey, I've got lots of riches. Well, that's great. Inflation's throwing that right out the door. You got lots of riches? That's great. $5 a gallon for gas. 
right? And those things are fleeting, and they, they won't last forever. So, but here's what we have to do. We have to learn to hold on sometimes for dear life. I, I talked about uh, last week, I think it was, that the time that I went tubing with my father-in-law before me and Tristan got married. And I think he took some of his anger out on me on the lake that day. And, and flipped me around on the tube out there, up and down. We were flying in the air, and I wanted to let go. My brother-in-law would not let me go. He held me down there. And you, sometimes you just have to remain when the road gets bumpy. Amen? And so everyone say remain. So if you have your Bibles, go to John 15. I, I want to share something with you. John 15, verse 5. And, and this is a very popular uh, bit of Scripture. Very, very popular bit of Scripture. You've heard this Scripture if you been raised in church it for any length of time um, this is this is definitely a, a potent bit of scripture so and um, it says this right here I am the vine you are the branches everyone point to the sky and say you are the vine I am the branch not the other way around we connect to him not the other way around, all right? He is the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's why we have to sing Amazing Grace, because apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into a fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Verse 8, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. I want, to I want to share this little little thought with you. I saw this, and I thought this was very interesting. Has anyone ever, and I was reading about this, ever heard uh, of, of the uh, uh, salt tree and baboon trick? Anybody ever, ever read up on that? No, some of you were like, what did you just say, Pastor? Um, so it's interesting. When water is scarce, African bushmen have created a way to find new sources of it. This is interesting to me. Uh, they may not know where the water is, uh, but what they, what they do, they, the, they do know this, that the local animals know where the water is. First, the bushmen put a block of salt in a hole. Interesting, right? And, and they wait. And it turns out that, that baboons like salt, like me. When I get french fries, I got to throw some salt on them. When I get popcorn, I got to throw some salt on anybody a salty person, not a sweet person. All right, that's me. I'm a little salty. Come on. All right. But, but so they put salt in these holes, and it turns, and, and, and these baboons, they love salt. And with enough time, one of these beautiful creatures will come by and try to grab the block of salt from the hole. And what happens is when the baboon sticks its hand in this hole and it grabs the salt... Can you, can you already gauge what's happening? It, its hand becomes larger when it wraps it around this salt. And when it tries to pull its hand out, guess what? It cannot come out. And these bushmen, what they do is they, they begin to trap these baboons. It's interesting. And, so, and, and, it, and it's amazing because all the baboon has to do is let go of the salt to be free. But there's something instinctual about the baboon that it wants that salt so bad that it will not let go. And so the baboon, all it has to do is let go of the salt, but, uh, but they won't do that. So, so they, they stay stuck until the bushman comes around. They grab them and put them in a cage. Once in the cage, this is interesting, the bushman will take them 
and they will give them all the salt that they want. Just keep giving them salt and salt and salt. And then what happens is it's kind of like what the movie theater does when you go to the movie theater. They give you all them salty snacks because they know you're going to go buy a Coke, a $10 Coke, right? The salt makes the baboon thirsty, and then the bushman releases the baboon who will immediately rush to get water to quench its thirst, and the bushman will follow the baboon and find out where the water source is. It's a pretty interesting thought, really. But uh, what I find interesting about that whole scenario is this. The baboon, all it has to do to keep from being trapped and going through all this rigmarole, all it has to do is let go of the salt and pull its hand back out. And I can't help but think in our lives how many times that we grasp for things, the salt of this earth and the things of this life, and we... And we may have good intentions, and we, we put our hand on that thing, and we won't let go, and we just fight and fight because, hey, we're, we're like a baboon. We, we like what we like. It, it sounds crazy. Uh, we hold on to proverbial salt instead of letting go and grabbing a hold of Christ. So, so John 15, 8 reminds us that, um, uh, do you have that verse? Can you put that up? It says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What does that mean? All this holding tight to Christ and asking the Father for things that we need instead of the things of this world. Uh, uh, it, it's talking about this. It brings Him glory. It brings the Lord glory. It brings Him pleasure to care for us. I don't know about you. I'm as a dad, when I can do something for my kids, it brings joy to my heart. When I can give them something that they really really want, you know what? It brings joy to my heart. I'm not talking about spoiling them. I'm just talking about it, it sometimes it's nice to just splurge on them every once in a while. Every once in a while, Wyatt. Every once in a while, Zaley. Every once in a while, nobody just want them to hear that just so they know. But it, it's the same thing with the Lord. It, it brings him glory when, he, when we, you know, reach for Christ, when we ask things in Christ's name. And it makes sense because, uh, you know, uh, like me, any father in here loves to see their children prosper. Loves to see them doing well. But how often are we grabbing at the wrong thing here in this life? And, 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 and this, God is amazing. I'm going to tell you why. Say, why is God amazing? Well, it's important because it goes right along with my sermon. Here's, here's why God is amazing. Because he loved you first. He loved you first. You see, the amazing thing about our God is that he loved us first. Before we could even reciprocate that love, before our relationship with him was restored, he already loved you. It's interesting. I, I find that very, very, very interesting. First, first John, verse four or chapter four, verse nine through ten says this: "In this love of God was made manifest among us, talking about Jesus, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him." Verse ten says this: "In this is love." Everyone say love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent his son to be the what propitiation for our sins there, now there's a lot to that little bit of scripture i love that uh, but this is this verse right here is telling us this is the clear 
path to how, uh, to the, uh, or the way that God loves us. You know how God loves you? Through his son, Jesus Christ. John 3, 16, quote it with me. For God so loved the world that whosoever, man, you guys are almost ready for Sunday school. For God so loved the world, whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but what? Have ever. You know why you get to have everlasting life? Because God so loved the world. God so loved the world. He loved you first. I, I love that. God, God sent Jesus as a sacrifice, a sacrifice of his life on behalf of creation in order to restore the relationship with him. And so what does that mean? Propitiation is this. He paid your debt. How many wish that somebody would come and pay your debt? Jesus did. And listen, the debt that he paid is much greater than any monetary debt that you may have in this world. Matter of fact, the wages of sin is what? Oh, and Jesus, what? He died on a cross for your sins. Your sins, not his sins, your sins. Your sins weighed upon him on the cross. My sins weighed upon him on the cross. And it was because he did that because he loved us first. How many are grateful for the love of Jesus Christ? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Now, now I want you to think of an instance where you loved first in your life. Maybe an opportunity uh, to love something before it, it could return love to you. And, and the example that I thought of right out of my mind was when we had our kids. When Zaylee was born, I'll never forget, when Zaylee was born, and, and man, uh, me and Tristan, we really struggled to deliver that baby. I'm joking. Trist, Tristan, Tristan pushed and pushed, and I just sit on the sideline, and I actually fell asleep at one point. But I sat on the sideline. I was praying. I was praying. I was like Peter with Jesus. I was struggling on. Um, but I, I, and, and, and she was walking the hallways. And I think I fell asleep. And then, and then she came back, and she was, and she was struggling. But and I remember when Zaylee was born, and, and, and Zaylee, they pulled Zaylee, and there she was. And I remember when they set Zaylee uh, on Tristan's uh, uh, shoulder here, and they put her on, and I just remember Tristan's face. And I remember her breaking down crying and just saying, she's so beautiful. You know what? Mom loved her first dad loved her first so too does God love us first he sees value in you long before you even know who he is he cares about you he's got a purpose for you amen God has a purpose and a plan for you he has a room in heaven for you Matthew 22 tells us that there's a seat at a banquet table for you Psalms 139 says he formed you and he knit you together in the womb first Peter 2 says and he uniquely gifted you with a role to play in the local church the community of living stones that he so carefully uh, is putting together into a spiritual house. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says this, 
that he will build this church, including you. You are part of that church. He will build this church. And he said this, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Amen? God included you in this great plan. All that to say this. I said all that to say this. Why would you ever want to let go of Jesus? would you ever want to let why why would you ever want to grasp at the salty things of this world that will not last so I, I begin to think about this and the, here's the problem is we're all wandering sheep and want to look at your neighbor and say bad here's the issue issue we like to wander right the other day, we went to Indy because Wyatt, for his birthday, which was a month ago, we, we went to go get his birthday gift. And one of the things that he wanted was he wanted to, uh, a pair of rock climbing shoes. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about rock climbing shoes. They're expensive, number one. Uh, number two, uh, there's not very many places in Bedford to get those. <laughs> Rural King don't have them. I mean, I was kind of in her. I was kind of shocked. You know, just put some rubber boots on. You'll be all right. Just go up that that. So we went to India. We went to this particular store, and, and, and Wyatt is one of those calculated people. When he wants to buy something, he calculates it. He weighs the cost. He's already looked up every YouTube video. He's already looked at all the five-star reviews on certain things. So he, he knows going in kind of what he wants. And while we're in the store, and he is taking his time, and his mother is being so great and patient with him, and I'm losing patience with him. I'm like, just pick a pair of shoes. It's okay. Just grab whatever pair of shoes you can grab there. And uh, while we're waiting and Tristan's being so patient and working with him, make sure they fit right and all this good stuff. And I'm just dad like, hey, those blue ones look cool. Oh, these cell rack right over here, dude. Eight, eight, you know, a lot cheaper over here. Anyways, and, and, and so he's getting his shoes and, and I begin to wander around the store. I, and this was a very bad store to wander in because there's a lot of things that caught my eye. And while I was wandering, uh, Zaley kind of got into that wandering spirit with me. And we began to wander around the store. And we're looking at kayaks. And we're looking at bicycles. And we're looking at tents. And we're looking at all these different things. Where's Novak in the middle of this? He is underneath the seat that Wyatt is trying his shoes on laying down. He's a smart one. And I was wandering around the store. But, but this is what happens to us. Spiritually speaking, we're prone to wander. It's in the nature of, of who we are. Uh, you know, w one time, when I, and, and I'm almost scared to tell you this story because nobody will want to ever do anything adventurous with me. But I, I was climbing a mountain with my brother-in-laws, and I know I've probably told this story. Don't worry, I only have so many stories. I, I don't lie. I don't make up stories. One time I was in the circus. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, long story short here, we were climbing a mountain in California, a big, tall mountain, 14,000 feet, and we were up high, and my brother-in-law, who is a, 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 a veteran in mountain climbing, knows what's going on. I'm with him, and on, in the process of coming down the mountain, we missed our turn to the trail. And I have never been so mad at my brother-in-law as I was that day, because we went down the mountain like just straight down boulder after boulder and I was like I'm pretty sure we need to go back up he said oh, no I think that if we keep going we're gonna 
and we wandered all over that mountain, and I was tired, and I was frustrated, and honestly, I, I was not very Christ-like in that moment. I wanted to turn the tables over, not, not, not love on him with all my heart, uh, and, and, and long story short, we just wandered, and so uh, many of you say, well, I'm not going to Brazil with pastor, and I'm not climbing a mountain with pastor. I'm definitely not going to, you know, go rock climbing with him because he's going to get lost or fall off or whatever the case. Uh, but, but our our tendency in life is to wander, spiritually speaking, and we're prone to be distracted by worldly pleasures and practices. I don't know what the stat is. And I'm not picking on anybody in here, but how many of you have checked your phone since I started speaking? Ooh, didn't like that one, Pastor, right? Hey, if I was out there, I'd probably do the same thing. But we're, we're prone to be distracted and prone to forget and prone to be disgruntled and frustrated. Isaiah said it like this, Isaiah 53, 6. This, this is a beautiful bit of scripture. If you can read it, Isaiah 53, go home and read it. Go home and read it, declare it, read it. But this, it says this, and, and this is talking about us. All we like sheep, everyone say sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to whose way? Whose way? My own way. My own way. Uh, uh, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, talking about Jesus. So, uh, through Isaiah, in this beautiful, quotable uh, Isaiah 53, we see the prophet of God speaking of Jesus on the cross. In verse, and in verse 6, he shifts from Christ to our human nature and our sinful nature and our sheepish nature to wander and go our own way. I don't know about you. I'm guilty of this, and you're guilty of this. Because it's just in our nature at times. The sin of selfish pride and independence runs through all of humanity. It's, it's been a thorn in our side from the very beginning. And here's the remedy to that. Jesus Christ. That's it. Jesus Christ. And Jesus would also tell the parable in, in, in Luke chapter 15. He talks about three lost things. And one of those things is a lost sheep, right? And it's interesting to me. So the antidote to let go of, of the salt of pride and the salt of selfishness and to grab a hold of Jesus, it, it's, he alone is the firm and secure anchor of our soul. Amen? Hebrews six nineteen is what it says. Yeah, man, many of you have heard my testimony in this house. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Many of you have heard my testimony in this house and know that I was raised in a pastor's home. You know that. You know uh, I lived one way at home and lived another way when I was at school and lived another way when I was at church and lived another way when I was at home. And I found my, my life at that point was very fleeting and it was a lot to juggle. Can I tell you, as a young, young person, I was grasping at all kinds of salt, acceptance at school, relationships. Whatever it was, I mean, I just, I, I was, I was trying and at my best. And this is what I found out. And, and many of those things I had grabbed a hold of, and those things had kept me bound because I would not let them go. And in those moments, I was, I was trapped, or I, I was wondering. And here's the, here's the thing: I knew the shepherd's voice. 
I knew his voice, but here I was just wandering, going about my way, living my life. And I, I'll never forget, it was March of 1997 that I grabbed a hold of the rock of my salvation, Jesus Christ, and he forever changed me. Fifteen years old. God, I, I was like, I, I can't hold on to this anymore. Lord, I, I'm willing to let this go. And I had to drop my pride and I walked a long ways down to an altar, all the way from the balcony of this large facility, all the way to come down to the altar to say, God, I'm tired of grasping at things that are not going to last. I'm tired of grasping at things that are, that are going to fail me. And I'm tired of grasping at things that, that don't lead anywhere. See, I was trying to appease people at school and be friends with people at school. Guess how many of them I talked to today? Guess who's been a friend that's stuck closer than a brother? Guess who got me through the toughest times of my life? Jesus. And when I began to grasp him, my life uh, was changed. And here's what happens. At some point, I don't care who you are, when you're in a wandering state, you get tired of wandering. Man, like me on the mountain. You don't know where we're going. I'm frustrated with you. I'm frustrated. We come to the end of ourselves and we realize that God was there all along. He was waiting patiently for us. Like, like the prodigal's father, he's just waiting patiently saying, I see you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day. See, God's desire today is for us is to, that we would return to the saving grace of our faith in Jesus Christ. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building? Thank you for being so patient today with me. I can't even pretend to know how difficult your life is or how deep your pain goes. Some of you have dealt with pains and struggles that, that I don't even understand or maybe couldn't even understand. life has been hard enough long enough and we've some of you have dealt with some situations you've learned from the past and maybe you've dealt with situations that where you say hey I can't trust anyone else I, I I've got to do it on my own we, we we rely on ourselves our own abilities and we learn to just cope with things rather than giving them to the Lord we say things like this if I fail at least I have myself to blame. It seems like it's a simpler equation when we take people out. But here's the thing. This is what I've learned. When you put Jesus in the equation, he changes things. And here's the deal. I know for me to sit up here and say, hey, just let go. Seems like that I'm asking you, hey, let's go climb Everest right now. It may seem impossible. It may seem like the hardest thing. But here's the deal. Just, just listen to me. Just a, just a few more moments here. What if Jesus was telling the truth? What if life with him, remaining with him, was a better option than everything you've tried before? What if giving your life to Jesus meant having peace and rest and contentment, no matter what storms come? 
See, there's a, a bit of scripture that David wrote in the middle of, 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 of running from Saul or being in a battle or, or running for his own life. David wrote this, this psalm, it's Psalm 23, and, and, and you guys know it. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down where in what green pastures. He leadeth me beside what kind of waters? Steel waters. He restoreth my soul. Amen. And he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for what? His name's sake. His name's sake. Let me ask you this. What if hanging on to Jesus meant greener pastures, still water? restoration God I thank you for your word today God I thank you for this moment God I believe Lord you've moved through this house God from the beginning of this service to this moment God God I pray Lord right now Lord that if there's anybody in this building Lord that that is holding on to anything other than the firm grip of Jesus Christ, the anchor for our, their soul. God, I pray, Lord, if there's someone in this house wandering, spiritually speaking, Lord, that they would know they can come home to you. If you're here today, you say, hey, pastor, that's me. That's me. That's me. With no one looking around, I, I just would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I, I've been wandering or I've been grasping at things that, 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 that have not been life-giving, that have not been Jesus. Anybody in the building this moment, in this moment, nobody looking around, thank you. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else in this moment? you take so long well I'm just going to be patient on the Lord just for a moment will you stand with me I want you to pray with me I just want to pray for this person who raised their hand today pray that God would restore the joy of their salvation that God would help give them the courage to let go of things that are fleeting to grab a hold of, of, of Jesus Christ and Him alone Lord Heavenly Father God we lift up this person God Lord you know their battles Lord you know the situations that they deal with God I pray Lord that you would transform their mind Lord that you would begin to touch them right where they're at God, I ask, Lord, that you would just minister to them, to the deepest parts of their soul, God. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them courage and a boldness, being led by the Holy Spirit, to let go of things that are fleeting, to grab a hold of the grace that is Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask you, will you just repeat this after me all throughout the building? building. Lord, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I believe, Lord, that you lived, Lord, that you died, 
that you raised again for my sins. God, I confess with my mouth today that I have sinned, that I have fell short. I ask, Lord, that you forgive me or that you would help me to grab hold of the anchor that is Jesus Christ and be transformed forever. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Lord, we seal this word today, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray, Lord, that lives would be changed, Lord, that we'd be challenged. God, if we're in a state of wandering, Lord, that we would, Lord, be drawn to our senses and back to you mighty name of Jesus we pray. Will you stretch your hand this way? I just want to bless you today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on give Jesus one more hand clap of praise. (laughs) 